Thanks for joining us on the GovIT podcast, Tech Trends Highlights special episode number two. Today, we're going to cover our overview of the National Cybersecurity Strategy, parts one, two, and three. And I want to welcome everybody to the first of a three-part series that we're going to do on the new um, White House National Cybersecurity document that was released in March. There are a number of pillars, as, as they're called, in the document. And I think, uh, you know, so in this episode, we're going to cover pillars one and two. One is defend the American people, homeland and way of life. And pillar number two is promote American prosperity. So I have a couple of questions right out of the gate. Uh, the first one is, you know, before we dive into some of the content of the document itself, what exactly gave, you know, was there something that, you know, besides obvious, the obvious, you know, concerns these days about cybersecurity and, you know, digital attacks and things like that, it, was there something in particular that gave rise to this document being released when it was, uh, when it was released? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the $1 billion uh, that they're uh, putting into a fund for cybersecurity strategies for local and state government. Um, and then also just kind of creating a framework that, you know, all federal agencies can use as kind of the default to build upon. You know, cybersecurity strategy that they put together, you know, has the approach of securing like the national digital infrastructure, you know, and kind of responding to the cyber threats that are kind of in focus on the main objectives that they put the pillars to, you know, until all four of them defend, promote, preserve, and expand. So let's dive into the first pillar, defend the American people, homeland, and way of life. What, what does that entail exactly? Well, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of set up to really kind of safeguard the digital you know, ecosystem that we have in place, you know, it kind of involves the federal networks. So you're gonna see a lot of, you know, push for FedRAMP, and then, you know, mudging all of the the DOD side of the house, uh, which, you know, was really kind of the military deployment guide. So it puts all the, the security restrictions in place as the default. Um, and then there's the critical infrastructure that we have. So that's everything from the, on the, especially on the DOE side. So power plants, you know, nuclear power plants, especially, you know, things of that nature, you know, so really, it's trying to create a solid foundation so we can support the American public. It kind of enhances, you know, the current cybersecurity practices that are in play, as well as kind of empowering the uh, the American people with the tools to prevent, you know, issues themselves. Okay. So a lot of education will be coming your way as well. Right. How does the strategic plan um, enhance federal government security? Yeah. So it kind of focuses on centralizing a lot of the standards. Mm-hmm. So once we have those standards centralized, then it's a lot easier to start building upon. Um, so, you know, every agency has a certain method that they're going to go produce their cybersecurity efforts, put things in place. Uh, they're going to be the baseline. And then that really kind of improves, you know, if there is an incident, how do we detect it? How do we respond? And kind of increasing the, the accountability of all the different agencies. What are some of the key elements in securing the infrastructure against cyber threats? This is such a huge concern these days. Well, there's a lot. The strategy kind of outlines the approach of, you know, from the government standpoint and the private sector to really work together, uh, which I think is very important. How does this strategy aim to empower the American people specifically in terms of protecting themselves online and our contribution to national security? Well, it's, you know, I kind of see it as the strategy almost from the ground up, kind of raising the public awareness of the different threats that we have. So moving on to pillar two, uh, promoting American Mm -hmm. prosperity. Can you give us an overview of this pillar and and exactly how that plays into the overall strategy? Yeah, this is really kind of, you know, fostering the innovation. So with the rise of concerns over digital threats, can you tell us more about how the strategy aims to secure the digital digital economy uh, specifically? Uh, yeah, so it kind of you know promotes the cooperation between government, private sector, 
kind of mitigate the risk associated with the, the complexity that we haven't put in place, the global interconnectivity. So even if you think about that piece, you know, we have agencies that, you know, have offices all across the, uh, the world. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some type of interconnect to connect those offices together. Putting that partnership in place, um, the global supply chain is very important to protect, you know, just kind of develop more secure, resilient, trustworthy networks to support the supply chains are very important right now. Um, So kind of working close with the allies, you know, and our private and uh, public partners. Is there any um, anything included in the strategy or is this part of, you know, the coverage for, for digital economy that would, you know, allay some of those concerns? Uh, it's a, a big part of that, you know, especially when we're talking about the, the power network and the grid protecting mm-hmm. that. That's very, very high in the list of, uh, you know, things that they're going to be able to, you know, start really focusing in on to protecting. Because if you look at, you know, what happened to other countries where there was an invasion there was definitely attacks on the power mm-hmm. grids. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting um, transition that, that that we're experiencing. You know, the the all the great benefits that come with you know things going digital and the conveniences also bring you know some of these vulnerabilities that uh, I think is a, a large part of what this document uh, is is looking to address. How does the strategy? How does the strategy plan to promote? trustworthiness uh, and an open internet, which is also a pretty big concern these days. It is. And it really kind of emphasizes the importance of working with our international partners, kind of uphold that vision of an open internet, you know, free, global, reliable, secure Mm -hmm. internet. A lot of those words are, when you put those together in a sentence, it's hard to do. Right. Especially when you want to secure it and have it open. What what are those guidelines that you have to put Mm -hmm. in place? You know, really kind of promoting the responsibility to have a behavior that's good in the cyberspace Mm -hmm. arena is important. Um, To be accountable, collaborate with other nations, really kind of, you know, to put something meaningful in place, you know, for to augment kind of the malicious, you know, cyber attacks. And that's a, that's a big concern across the uh, the U.S. and all of our allies. Why don't you give us a, first a, a brief overview uh, a brief overview of Pillar Three, which focuses on collaborating with the private sector <clears throat> to secure critical infrastructure? Pretty much says it. I mean, that's what the uh, the pillar is about. It's the collaboration between the U.S. government and the private sector. So really, it involves a lot of sharing of information between all parties, kind of building the, the partnerships, providing assistance especially for the critical infrastructure owners and operators, you know, kind of how do we enhance the security posture? How does the strategy propose to strengthen the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agencies capabilities in this area? Well, yeah, so it proposes kind of be able to strengthen the cybersecurity infrastructure security agency and kind of give them the capabilities that they're looking for. You know, add additional resources, some additional authority. And the document also mentions uh, establishing a cyber safety review board, also mm-hmm. called the CSRB. Can you Correct. explain what that uh, board will do and why, why it's essential to the to the, the uh, strategy? Yeah, so that was kind of created probably a little bit before the, the Log4j incident. So that was their first kind of, you know, realm into, you know, getting together and kind of talking through a big cybersecurity related issue and it's head by the by a DHS apartment. So it's kind of really at that point gonna be spread against all government agencies. So putting together, you know, kind of, you know, post analysis, what you what you should be able to be put in place across the uh, the government platforms, you know, so that type of security will not be penetrated again. So well let's move on to uh, pillar four 
and talk a little bit about how the strategy covers, you know, ensuring that the United States remains a leader and uh, a global leader in cyberspace. Correct. And then, you know, with that kind of thought, it, you know, really kind of invokes the promoting of having a stable and open internet. What our country's kind of built on is the openness uh, and freedom, and then kind of building those coalitions between the like-minded countries and then holding the malicious actors accountable. So when somebody from the outside does kind of come in and you know, has a big cybersecurity threat, how do we as a nation kind of go through and find out the uh, the root cause of that and find the uh, the actors and hold, hold them accountable for it? So that's all kind of, you know, part of that pillar four process. I would, I would imagine that that involves a pretty significant amount of collaboration with international partners, right? Because, you know, with an open internet, you know, we have to have uh, collaboration and cooperation with global players in order to keep it open, but secure at the same time, like we talked about last time. Yeah. And there's a lot of different um, international cooperations that we're engaging with at this point. So everything from the you know, Indo-Pacific Economic Framework, Quad Critical and Emerging Technology Working Group, Trade and Technology Council. So, you know, the U.S. does plan on providing a lot of development into those organizations. So we all have kind of the same principles and responsibility across the board. So one of the things that we're talking about here, uh, you know, has to deal with, you know, the security of behaviors in, in, in cyberspace. And one of the key concerns mentioned in the document is the risk uh, the risk posed by untrusted suppliers, right? So we're not just talking about users and, and, you know, other various kinds of bad actors, but untrusted suppliers in the digital ecosystem specifically. Uh, how does the strategy propose to mitigate this risk? Well, it's, it again, kind of goes to that collaboration between the public and private sectors, you know, because their want is to kind of create a little bit more secure, resilient, you know, trustworthy supply chain. So by doing that, you're going to have some of your, you know, suppliers actually be on the state side. So developing those critical technologies domestically is very key. I think we saw a lot of those issues, you know, happen during the pandemic when we couldn't, you know, just on supply chain, just gathering up the chips, et cetera. So kind of investing um, in those initiatives, as well as open radio access networks, uh, which really kind of penetrate within the 5G uh, space that they're looking into uh, just provide more secure you know telecommunications infrastructure across the board and i think there's mention of uh the telecommunications and information administration being involved in this effort is it do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah so they'll really help with kind of the adoption of the open the interrupt piece and assist with the, the standards you know on the network side for the protocols so i think this takes us to the elephant in the room when it comes to the subject of, of cybersecurity uh, in this day and age. How do we protect or how does the strategy propose to address the challenge of protecting sensitive data in cyberspace from foreign adversaries? So it really kind of points to two executive orders. You know, the first one, securing the information and communications technology and services supply chain, as well as protecting Americans' sensitive data from foreign uh, adversaries. Um, so the, what they're doing is they're trying to prevent unacceptable and kind of undue risk to our national security by safeguarding information and the communication technologies, services, you know, from the other governments, you know, that might have influence on us. So overall, it's the overarching framework that needs to be put in place. And a lot of that has to do with what they do, with these individual kind of groups within the government, putting together their frameworks and their strategy in place on the cyber side. So we can easily bolt that on across the nation from all the different agencies. You know, one of the one of the things that I've always run into, you know, being involved in <clears throat> technology for almost, you know, three decades professionally at this point is that <laughs> everything we do is a constant move, constantly moving target. Do you feel like the strategy, you know, as in its current form is, is really, does it have the kind of agility uh, and flexibility or scalability, I guess, to, to evolve 
uh, at the kind of pace that we need for, for the, you know, to, to match technological advancements? Well, that's a great question. Now, I do think with the new kind of agencies and ecosystems that have been put in place, that will help in the future to kind of, you know, be able to, to migrate those strategies into the, the new type of strategy that's going to be coming out. No matter what's get put place now, you see a public framework and strategy that's going to be, you know, something that's documented, but has taken 24 months, let's say, to actually go from, you know, hey, we got the idea, let's go and publish the framework to being published, then that's going to be out of date in a certain period of time. Right. So it's going to be a constant you know, yearly, every two kind of cycle to keep up with that. This is the third of a three-part series. Today, we're going to be doing Pillar 5, where we talk about implementation, assessment, and investment aspects. So let's start with the implementation of the strategy. Who exactly is responsible for implementing the strategy? Yep. So the strategy is from the Office of the National Cyber Director. So he's responsible for coordinating the strategy's implementation and working with the interagencies and all the partners to, you know, provide the outlines that are necessary that make sure that they meet the federal you know, guidelines that are set in place, kind of perform on that executive strategy. You also have the National Security Council in there as well that kind of goes over the policies. And, you know, they also work with uh, Congress um, on the strategy as well. What would such a plan look like? What are the what are the goals and objectives specifically of the plan? So there's a lot of it's more of like a, a framework type of set to make sure that agencies are meeting at least the bare minimum requirements on the from the federal you know, guidelines that they put in place. When you say it's a data-driven approach, what are the data that are being collected? And, um, you know, how do those relate to quantifiable outcomes? I mean, are, do we know what some KPIs are going to be? Yeah, definitely part of the process. You know, at this point, it's kind of getting that framework out there, the requirements, um, and, you know, setting up new projects. So everything on the federal cell cycle, you know, it does take a while. You got to understand when it goes out to bid, what those requirements are, and you build your frameworks, you know, to those requirements. And, you know, as, as I'm sure the plan is being executed, data is being collected, there will be a lot of lessons learned. What would be the role of the cybersecurity cyber review board in that process? It, it's really going through kind of the auditing piece of, you know, once an incident occurs, you know, how did the incident occur? What can we improve, um, you know, moving forward? What needs to be put in place within the, the frameworks? Really having that as a, a process so it, it gets distributed across the board between all the different agencies. So if there's, you know, some kind of an emergency cybersecurity threat that they can put those processes in place, those recommendations and move forward, as well as just anything that's going to be put into the framework holistically moving forward as well. So this brings us to the next big topic. Uh, what investments are going to be necessary to maintain a secure and resilient dig digital ecosystem? Well, this is the one thing that really kind of stuck out to me, um, you know, going through the, the whole article. And it's really the strategy, you know, puts a lot of emphasis on genera generational investments, which means this is going to be a long-term play, you know, kind of coming from, you know, yearly funding that's probably going to, you know, increase, which at this point from everything that I see, that's definitely needed and required. What's the plan for working with Congress to fund cybersecurity? I know we touched on that a little bit already, but can we get into some more details about what that's going to look like? Yeah, well, you know, because cybersecurity and the ecosystem itself is just rapidly evolving, kind of learning to what the new threats are, how to mitigate those threats, what needs to be put in place. So you're kind of staying ahead um, of the game at the best they can. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the, the partnerships and kind of working with Congress to make sure that the funding is there to keep up. You know, this is kind of one of those things. If the funding is not there, government's just going to kind of stale out and then we're just going to be open 
to uh, cybersecurity threats left and right. Does the does the new national cybersecurity uh, strategy go into issues around artificial intelligence much? A little bit. I would say within the last couple of weeks, I've seen a lot more uh, focus in on that. It's a little bit more high level. I mean, ChatGPT kind of is throwing that you know into the forefront. Mm. What do they need to do? How do they need to protect it? You know, what what's coming down the pipe and how do they deal with it? So all right. those things are being discussed. I just haven't seen a framework that actually will outline um, anything useful at this point. Thanks again for joining us today on the GovIT podcast, Tech Trends 